it struck me that this is how a lot of people view prayer, I think. That prayer is our way to try and somehow get the genie out of the bottle, that being God, so that he will come out and do what we need him to do, so that he will help us. Well, we want to talk about prayer today because prayer is much more than that. It's not less than that. It's actually more than that. And that's actually why the sermon is coming earlier than normal in the uh, service today. Because then we want to do some things with prayer f- later in the service. And I want to talk to you about why we want to do that. To do that, I want to begin by picking up where we left off last week. And that is talking for a little bit about the challenge we face as Christians and as the church. We sang that first song today, Build Your Kingdom Here, God. But if you read the Bible very much, you realize that we're part of how he wants to do that. That we're to help him build his kingdom here. And he actually expects the church to make a significant difference in the building of his kingdom. That's a challenge. And we also have seen that he expects us to live as his children. If we accept Christ, if we become adopted into the family of God, he actually expects us to live like we're in the new kingdom. And to live as his son or his daughter and to show a different life to this world. That's a challenge to actually do that. And we've also seen that accepting Jesus is more than just having communion or being baptized or accepting the cross. That with that, Jesus asks us to pick up our cross. He asks us to actually follow him and become like him and live like Jesus and continue his work. And that, too, is not easy. That's a challenge. We spent a week and looked at each one of those challenges. And then last week, we also looked at the fact that God realizes those are a challenge. And so he said, I'll help you. I I know as humans you can't do this all by yourselves. I don't intend for you to, and if you try, you'll fail. And we've probably all been there. We've tried to do those things on our own power, and we, we very quickly run into the wall. And we say, this isn't working. And God says, I knew you couldn't do it. And so we have been looking, and we started last week, at some of the help that God wants to give us. The help that we need for these challenges that we face in life as Christians and as a church. And I've listed in the notes four ways that God gives us help. One is through His Spirit. Try and Google search that for an image. I like this one because it had both the dove and fire. And Scripture uses both of those as analogies to try and depict the Spirit of God. But what I want you to see is part of where God says, I will help you, is that I will come and live in you. Once you're adopted into my family, I will take up residence in you through my Spirit. And part of the reason I'm there is to help you, to give you strength, to guide you, to teach you truth, all kinds of things the Spirit does for us to help us be who God wants us to be individually as Christians and collectively as a church. 
Speaking of the church, that's the second thing God gives us to help us, and that is the church. As Carrie and Rosalie joined the church family, God intends for us to be part of a local church family because it's much harder to be a Christian alone. Jesus never sent the disciples out alone. He sent them two by two or in groups because he knew we need each other. And in our day of private faith where people try and wing it alone as a Christian, it doesn't work. Not because the church needs it to not work, it's because it doesn't work and we do need other Christians around us. And God knew we would and that's why Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his design, it's his idea. And he knew we would need it. And then last week we talked about the Bible as another tool God has given us. And if you weren't here, I would urge you to check that sermon out at the website. Because what I tried to help us see is this mystical book has a supernatural power all of its own because it is written by God himself. And that just in opening up and, that, and reading that book, it has a power to help us both internally and it is a tool we can use to affect others around us. That is the third tool God has given us to help us as we face the challenges of being Christians. And then it doesn't take a rocket scientist to guess what the fourth one is. And that's what we want to talk about today. Prayer. God has given us prayer to help us. Not just to get him to do what we want. God wants to do so much more through prayer for us. To help us live as his child. To help us walk with Jesus and be like Jesus in our world. To help this church be the church God wants us to be. If my list is correct and God has given us four tools to help us, then 25% of that is prayer. God says this can be a game changer for you. If you understand prayer and use this tool I have given you. Paul understood that. That's why he put in Colossians, devote yourselves to prayer. We looked at that scripture a few weeks ago. And tried to unpack that. But in summary, Paul is saying, this is a big deal. Focus on it. Dig into it. Make prayer something central in your life. And yet the reality is, there's a lot of Christians who don't pray very much. Probably a lot of us are sitting here right now saying, I, I, I should pray more. I know I need to pray more. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but I think... Prayer, in many ways, is a spiritual gauge for our spiritual lives. I think you can draw a correlation between how much I'm praying and how important prayer is in my life to how my spiritual life is doing. How close I am to God. What's my relationship like? Well, how much am I talking to Him? That shouldn't surprise us. Isn't that true of any human relationship? 
If my relationship with you is doing poorly, we probably are talking less. And that could be a cause or effect. We're either talking less, therefore my relationship with you isn't doing as well, or I'm upset with you so we don't talk as much. Either way, the relationship and the talking correlate. It's no different with God. How close we are to Him, how much are we talking to Him? And it's not just our relationship, but how much are we depending on Him or how much are we trying to do life on our own without Him? We fall into that, don't we? Some of us more than others who are by nature doers. And we run off to do good things for God, but we run off to do them on our own. God never intended it that way. What he intended is that we are doing things with him. We are talking with him. And so in that process, we're doing life together. And how can we check how well we're doing on that? How much are we praying? It's a great gauge of how much we're trying to do on our own or with God. And that's true not just for individuals. I think it's true for churches. How much that church is praying is a measure of how much that church is trying to work with God or to do things in their own energy. How central is prayer in that church? I want us to look today at three things prayer can change. Three, three ways prayer can be so powerful for us. The first thing prayer can change is our own lives. I like to think of it as a sync button. If you're techie at all, if you're into computers at all, you've soon learned this little icon because it's very important sometimes that you sync things. Because if your computer is off doing its own thing and you have some records somewhere, it needs to get back in connection. Because sometimes they get separated and they're not in sync and you have to hit the sync button. I think that's what prayer does for us. We can be the best Christian and trying to live for God, but we can get busy in our doing, in our busyness, in our schedules, even if it's good things. And in that process of being so busy, we sort of drift apart with God. And we don't intentionally do that. We don't say, I want to walk away from God. That's not it at all. It just happens. And prayer has this wonderful ability to be a sync button. I stop all my doing, and I'm still, and I talk with God. Maybe about my day, maybe about what I'm doing for Him. Maybe about challenges I've run into. Flat tires in life I've had, and they're not always made of rubber. We have all kinds of flat tires. And we need to hit that sync button. We need to stop and talk with God and reconnect with Him. And prayer does that. And it's one of the ways it changes our lives. Hebrews 4.16 Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence <clears throat> so that, if we do that, we may receive mercy and find grace 
to help us in our time of need. How do we approach God's throne of grace? The best way I know to do that is prayer. Coming before Him to talk with Him and to listen. And if we do that, we rethink our lives with Him, we find peace and hope. It's through prayer that we check our direction of our lives with His direction for our lives. We check our priorities with His priorities. We ask Him questions we're struggling with. We talk about challenges we don't have solutions for. All of those things in prayer reconnect us and change us as we take time to talk to God. And of course, like the genie, do we ask for his help? Certainly. But what I want you to see is prayer is intended to be so much more than just asking for his help. It's putting us more hand in hand with God. And in the process, we are changed. The second thing prayer can change, and that is our church. When a church is a praying church, amazing things happen in that church. Where a church regularly stops to seek God, to bring its decisions before God, to spend time asking for God to come and move. And obviously this is more than just a token three-minute prayer at the beginning of a meeting or at the start of a potluck dinner. It is the time where the church says we need to stop and pray because we want to be God's church and we want to know His direction and His priorities. We want Him to guide this decision. That's when the church becomes more aware of God being involved, God leading, God working, because the church is stopping to pray. We've talked in the previous months about some of the challenges the American church faces. And it struck me that this is one of those areas. Because we have so much in our churches, so many resources, buildings, programs, publishing, curriculum, software, apps, all of this, there is a trap in that. And the trap is when we face a challenge we look to all those resources before we look to God. The churches in the third world don't have all those resources. So the first thing they do when they face a challenge, they fall to their knees in prayer. And they accomplish a lot more with prayer than we do with our resources. Because prayer puts God at the forefront. We need to watch that as a church, any church in the U.S. How much are we praying? How much are we seeking God? Is He our first resort, our first resource, our first answer? And not just when we've tried everything else, we go to Him. As a church, we need to seek His leadership. We need to seek His help. When we do that, then the church can be all that God wants it to be. And it can have a huge impact in the community out of all proportion to the number of people at that church or its building or its resources. Because that church is changed by looking to God first in prayer. 
The third thing that prayer can change. Oh, sorry. I don't think it's any mistake that the first church started with prayer. That was their first answer for anything. And that church changed the world. And that's what we're described in Acts 1. They were constantly praying. Okay, the third thing that the church can change is our world. Turn over to 1 Timothy. I'd like to read the first four verses of chapter 2, if you would. It's a challenge Paul issues through Timothy to us. I love the letters of Timothy and Titus because they're written by Paul at the end of his, towards the end of his life. And he's this veteran missionary who has planted churches across the world, faced all kinds of challenges, made mistakes. And out of that experience, that veteran experience, he writes what he's learned, what really is important and what's not important. And I think we need to understand that when we read what Paul says here. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Now stop there for just a second. Please understand every one of those is a kind of prayer. Paul is just enumerating the kinds of prayer that we need to be giving. They're all prayers. And he says you need to be busy praying in all of these ways and not just for yourselves, for all people. And then he starts to list specifically. For kings and all those in authority. For government. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Notice the relationship that Paul draws there. We need to be praying... And not just for the Christians, but for secular people in power. Why? Because of what God wants to be doing in the world. And what He wants to be doing in the world is reaching all of His children so they all can come back to Him and know Him as their Heavenly Father. Because He is their Creator and Father. And He wants them back. But to do that, he needs us to be praying. I want to suggest some ways that we can pray that will change our world. The first one is to pray for yourself. But not just in the ways we've talked about. Pray for yourself in how does God want to use me to change his world. If we understand from Scripture, we don't get to just sing a song and say, God, build your kingdom here, change the world, I want to watch. What God says is, great, let's get to work together. There are things He has for every one of us to do to help Him as He's trying to impact our world around us. Whether that's in Anoka County or it's in South Africa, South America, Asia, wherever. 
And so part of where we need to pray is we need to say, God, what is it you would need for me to do? I understand I'm just one little piece in your work in this world, but I've come to understand I am one little piece in your work in this world. What do you need me to do? We heard Tracy DeMars talk a few weeks ago how God, hound, my word, hounded her until she finally went on this mission trip. She was praying and God said, I need you to go over here for two weeks. Are we praying that way? And it may be a mission trip. It could be something in Anoka County. It could be something in your neighborhood. But are you asking God that question? What is it you would have me do? Is there some way you want me to help you? And are we praying for that? Are we praying for this church? Praying for the ministries in this church, especially those ministries that try and reach out and impact our world. Are we praying for the leaders of those ministries? So that God will move and work to impact this world. Are we praying for our community? The people who live around you, your own town, the leadership of that town, the schools. Are we praying for them? We spend a lot of time lamenting how broken they all are. But do we spend as much time praying for them? Paul says we should be. Praying that God would work there. We know it, it may seem hopeless to us. It's not hopeless to God. He has plans, solutions, things, and we need to pray that he'll do that. As we're praying how he can use us, praying for our community. I have a friend over in Wisconsin, a pastor friend. And they've encouraged everybody in their church to adopt a block or two around their home. And to just pray for those homes. You may not even know the names. Doesn't matter. God does. God, you know the family in that red house. And you pray for them. He said the really amazing thing is, especially in summer, Wisconsin's like ours, not in winter maybe, but in summer, their people will walk up and down the street in the evening and just pause for a few seconds and pray for each home. But he said the interesting thing is once you start praying for your neighborhood, you can't help but pretty soon you start learning the names of those people you're praying for. And then maybe you stop and talk to them. And people are changed as you pray for that neighborhood. He's part of a big church, and it's not that large of a town in Wisconsin. So they ask everybody to turn in, what blocks are you praying for? And he said the really cool thing is they highlighted them on a map, and almost the whole town's getting prayed for by somebody. Are we doing that? Can we pray for just the people around us? Are we praying for our missionaries? We have a map up there. They're posted. You see this Sunday in the bulletin, one of the missionaries is highlighted. And the missions team is going to start doing this once a month. In the bulletin, one of our missionaries will be highlighted. And how you can pray for that missionary. And if you're on our email, another time in the month, you're going to get an email about that mission, a different missionary. And how you can pray for that missionary. So over the year, our missionaries are being held up for us to pray for them. That God will use them. 
There's one other resource, and I don't know if you're even aware of this. It's a really cool thing. It's called Operation World. Since it's 7th edition. And you can get this. It's online. You can buy the book. But it lists every country in the world and how Christianity is doing in that country. Whether it's persecuted, how strong the church is, and how you can pray for that country. And if you see one, it's a thick book. Because there's a lot of countries, little countries. But you can pray for our world that they might know Christ country by country. Prayer is a powerful tool that can change lives, it can change us, and it can change the course of history. It is one of the key tools God has said, I want to give you this because it will help you. It will help you. It is powerful. It's as powerful as the Word if you'll pray. The challenge for us and what we're going to sing about and what we're going to do, the challenge for us is, are we using this tool God has given us? How much is prayer a part of our lives and a part of our church? We need to pray. And I'm going to do that right now. Father, I'm so thankful you don't just ask us to do things and then leave us to struggle. I'm so thankful you give us tools, help. We talked about your word. We have your spirit. We're sitting in the midst of a church of people who love us and help us. And you've given us prayer. Father, it must frustrate you sometimes when we use prayer so little. Help us learn. Help us see how important prayer is. Help us to use this tool more and more in our individual lives and in our church so that we can be your children, impacting our world, living like Jesus, making a difference for you being transformed to have new life. And we're doing all that because we're praying. Father, help us grow in prayer. I ask this in your son's name. Amen.